is Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer, the Dallas Cowboys' number one target at pick number 26. All that and more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, and this game is definitely for you to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in the game. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. We are very, very close. This is uh, the last, second to last Monday before uh, the yeah. uh, the draft. So we are inching closer and closer in the whispers have started to get louder and louder. So yeah, I'm is, excited to talk about it. This is always the, the time of the year where we start hearing who the Cowboys are very interested in. And a couple guys that we should pay attention to that kind of know their stuff is Mel Kuyper Jr., who last year mocked Tyler Smith to the Cowboys in the first round before anybody else did. He started in March, and he had Tyler Smith mocked to the Cowboys in every single mock draft up until the day of the draft. And Dame Brugler, who we always know is plugged in to the Dallas Cowboys, He's either gotten their first or second round pick correctly in every year of the last six years. It's very interesting, Layden, that both of those guys in their latest mock drafts had the same player being mocked to the Cowboys at number 26, Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer. I, I just want your first thoughts when you looked at both those mocks and saw Mayer's name to the Cowboys. I think the first thing I, I thought about is this kind of phenomenon that happens when you cover the draft long enough where – it didn't happen last year, but it has, has happens, you know, quite often where you study these guys early in the draft, right? That you hear their names that are whispered around, and then you're like, "Oh, this 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 is a guy that the, the Cowboys could be interested in," and then you do like 85 other guys, right? And yeah. like you, you go through the entire long length of the of the draft season, and you and you're watching all these guys, uh, and then you get all the way to the end, and you start to hear the whispers, and it's. In my case, literally the second guy that I watched on tape uh, for this entire draft season. So uh, I, I, that's the first thing I thought about was the was the here we that that kind of thing that happens in the draft season sometimes where you you're, you you end up where you started right where, yeah. where the player that you started out as the guy that you thought was the target ends up being kind of the target at the end. So. Uh, that was my initial thought and how funny that is and how funny that journey always is. Well, you know, what's funny is that was the first player that I started watching. Yes. I, I had a tweet from July 6th of 2022, just kind of starting my film study. And the tweet was Notre Dame tight end Michael Myers, someone I'm keeping an eye on if the Cowboys decide to move on from Dalton Schultz. And the first reply is from Brett Cullerman, who you guys probably know from mm -hmm. YouTube. And it's, uh, I mean this in the most respectful way possible. There's no way the Cowboys are drafting high enough to get him. It's just, this is the draft cycle, like in the draft process. Yep. Is you just never know who's going to fall to you and who's going to be available. But um, I, I want to say that I, uh, I watched Michael Mayer again. This is probably two weeks ago. After mm -hmm. watching all these tight ends, 
And after watching the, you know, the combines and looking at the RAS scores and all that stuff, and it's just you put on the tape and it's like, oh yeah, now right. I remember why he was beating out other NFL caliber tight ends on that roster and making other players change positions because he was so dominant at Notre Dame. And you know, honestly, we were talking. I mean, I've been watching him and talking about him for. Well over a year and a half. Like, I mean, he's been a guy that, like, draft Knicks uh, have been kind of circling for a while as he is, you know, kind of a, a great tight end that came out. And and how many different times have we seen this kind of situation, right, where these very highly heralded – you know, you talk about uh, breakout ages, mm-hmm. right, uh, and, and the importance of, of – showing a dominance early against in college against guys that are older than you that are more developed that that's hell that's a great yes, yes. marker of 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 future success right michael mayer is is the, the example for that i mean he yes. was he was out here dominating college football at age 19 mm-hmm. uh, and may, may have been the best tight end in football uh, as a sophomore in in college so um you know, we go, it's funny, we go through this process with these guys together, right? Where Mayer comes in, you know, Brett, obviously, and, and rightfully, I think at the time rightfully. that he said it, said there's no way that the Cowboys would, would be able to get Mayer because he'll get drafted above this. You know, the whole process plays out, guys fall and rise, and, 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 and suddenly you get to the end, and now the Cowboys, you know, potentially, I mean, certainly value-wise where you see Michael Mayer being drafted, he is certainly, I think, within range of where the Cowboys would go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it all goes back to the tape, right? Like, we talked about this with him specifically that, you know, some of the measurements and stuff that you saw at the Combine weren't bad, but they were disappointing as to what you saw on tape and what you expected him. I expected a guy that would come in at – 66 be 256 pounds because he looks yep. like this enormous yes. tight end when he plays um and he came in under a, sh- a shy at a six five and just just at 250 i think was what he was at his pro yep. day yeah um but i mean again you said it like you forget because we go through all this process and talk about all this other stuff that isn't the tape right you go back and watch the tape and you see a guy who is an absolute natural to position. Honestly, the, the, the best comparable in this draft class and not so much, obviously style because they're completely different players and positions. I think he is the Jackson Smith and Jigba. A lot of ways. Yes. You know, he's so, so natural at the position and he cannot teach any of that. And his athleticism may not be the elite, elite stuff that you see with some of these other tight ends, but he does everything well. Everything's all there on tape. There's nothing to prove for him on tape. It's all just, well, how does he fit? Do you like this kind of body type? I mean, all the kind of hemming and hawing that we do in the draft season. Right? Well, it, it, maybe the tippy top version of that would be like Willie Anderson, right, at Alabama, yeah. who tested good but not elite. But now you hear you see people saying, "Hey, Tyree Wilson could be the number yeah, one exactly. edge guy drafted in this class," and it's like. Yeah. What are we doing? Like this guy was all time great productive at Alabama. <laughs> Why are we not drafting him? You know, at number two or number three overall. Obviously, Bayer's not on that level, but 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 he similarly is because he came from a, a place that is exactly. known for producing tight ends, and he is the all time leader exactly. in receptions for, for the, the school. Like he, he came from a place where it, it is very similar to Will Anderson, where he comes from a school that is has a rich, rich tradition of the position that he plays in. And he's the best of all time to come out of that school. So well, it's just there, there, you know, it, it, it's, like, you know, he was a five-star recruit at tight end coming yeah. out of high school. Yeah. And he 
produced exactly what you were thinking he was going to produce. And now we get to the NFL. I, I, I just have a hard time believing he's not going to work out. Now, you, you can make an argument. Is he going to be worthy of a, a first-round pick? Is he going to be a top-five tight end? We could talk about that. In fact, let's talk about that in our next segment. But I just when – you're, when you're that good in college and you have, like, guys that are being played underneath you that are going in the third round and playing in the NFL, like Tommy Tremble, who we both liked a lot of it, yeah. And I just remember, I remember watching Tommy Tremble take two years ago and thinking, I like Tremble a lot, but this other guy is just ridiculous. <laughs> and that yeah. happens a lot when you watch these, these games too. And, and nothing that he's done that's it, under his own control should be moving his yes. draft stock at all. I mean, the only thing is, is his athletic testing. Is it, yes. you know, it, 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 it shies in comparison to a Darnell Washington, who is yes. a freak of nature, but Darnell Washington wishes that he had Michael Mayer tape, you know, like yes. we're our hope is that Darnell Washington can do what t- Michael Mayer did in college in the pros. So yes. I, I, I think this is a guy that tight end is a position that's difficult because it's a difficult position to come into the league and play. He's one of the few guys that I truly believe can come in and from day one be at, at, at minimum an average starting tight end in the yes. NFL and do everything that you need him to. I, I don't know very many tight ends period that can come into the league and do that. Like that's uh, hard. I a hundred percent agree with you. I want to talk a little bit more about Michael Mayer and his fit in the Cowboys interest. Next. This episode is brought to you by the ultimate football GM app. You've heard us talk about this mobile game before, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not quite as easy as you think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team. You get to play through seasons as you try to lead your team to glory, building an historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're going to be responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise, by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing the finances and the player salaries and the terms. You've got free agency. you got draft. you got injuries. You're going to have locker room issues that pop up during the season, plus all the ups and downs of the season, winning games, losing games, all that kind of stuff. All of this in a challenging but realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Cowboy listeners will get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. That is Locked On, all in caps. So make sure you check it out to uh, t- check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, Landon. Let's talk about the Cowboys' interest in Michael Mayer. First of all. Do you believe that they would be interested in a player like this? Yes. I mean, I, I think that it makes some sense. I mean, obviously they had a very positive experience with Jason Witten, who is a guy that gets compared to the mayor a lot. Um, and I think that they have a need here. They, they Dalton Schultz is gone. Uh, I think the, the value meets the pick in a very in a very good way. Um, I think that the type of player that they usually like at tight end is the type of player that Michael Mayer is. I, I think from a schematic and, and a history point of view, Michael Mayer makes the most sense. I mean, that's the yeah. reason that we brought him up at the very beginning of this of this process as uh, a guy that would fit. I mean, we talked about Steve Avila and, and his 
fit a position and, and how, you know, the way it fits with what the Cowboys need. I think it's a very similar fit in, 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 with the Cowboys and Michael Mayer in the sense that they are, they like having a two-way tight end who can do a little bit of both for them. They, they like having that skill set. They have a very particular type of tight end that they like and they have in the past. Mayer 100% fits that. Um, I think it, it makes a lot of sense that they would be interested in this player. Um, I, I think that the only thing that you know kind of gets argued at times is the value of drafting tight ends in the first round. But I tend to think that that's overblown. I mean, I, I, I'm willing to go along with the, some of the kind of you know running don't draft a running back at certain points in the first round. But I think that there's a point in which you know t- tight end has value at the has, is a valuable position. It's a difficult position to uh, to uh, develop. And tight ends, I'm pretty sure, are the highest retention rate uh, uh, first-round picks that you yeah. get. Like, I, I think it's like 87% or something like that of first-round tight ends get the fifth-year option, mm-hmm. So, which is by far the highest uh, uh, percentage. So I think the Cowboys will get good value out of it. We're drafting at the end of, this, of the first round. This is a player that will be featured heavily in the passing game, but will also be able to help in the run game. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it certainly isn't confusing or confounding. No one is going to look at this pick and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, it it makes a ton yeah. of sense. Well, it just fits a lot of things that the Cowboys like, like productive guy from a big school, multiple years of production. Like, that stuff all checks a lot of boxes. Now, the one thing, and I know a lot of listeners have similar views, it's how do you think his game is either better than Jalen or Jake Ferguson or – different enough that it makes it worthy of using a first round pick to draft him. Because I think, I think some people are going to look at the difference between Michael Mayer and Jake Ferguson as not being enough to be worthy of drafting this guy high. I think, you know, I think Ferguson is a right now already probably a better uh, uh, weapon with the ball in his hand. Like if, if he's got the ball in his hand and he's moving down the field, I like him kind of weaving through traffic, running through arm tackles a little bit better than Mayer. Though I think Mayer has some skills there. It's just, you know, that's probably the, uh, you know, one of the elements of Mayer's game that isn't the most developed, right? Yeah. I, I it think it probably never will be. That's just not his yeah, game. Yeah. That's right? just not his game, right? I think that, uh, that Mayer is better probably in almost every other category. Yes. Like, you know, as a run blocker, as a route runner, as a hands catcher. Um, I think these are all things that, that Mayer is just more developed. Uh, he's just a, a a lot more refined player, despite having still being in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that Ferguson and him uh, are probably comparable skill wise, but I think they're slightly different players as well. Honestly, I think you know really what you want to kind of complement the Hendershots and the Fergusons of the world is this kind of player, right? The kind of stabilizing force who uh, can do a little bit of everything, and then you can deploy Hendershot and Ferguson as needed to kind of really avail yourselves of some of their kind of receiving skills, because I I will say this, I do think that there are elements to the receiving part of tight end that Hendershot and Ferguson probably can function in a better role in some ways, uh, uh, you know, just kind of as weapons, right? Like to be deployed and Mayer is probably better as your every down, Hey, I need five yards, turn around and into the sticks and catch the football kind of tight end. I also think Mayer gives you a little bit that more of the it's third and six and yeah. we need a guy to get open. Right. Yeah. And I need, I need you to be able to, to, to make that play. This is where Mayer's better. Um, yeah. But at the same time, 
I kind of like the idea of all three of these guys together and all sure. three of Mayor Ferguson and Hendershot under contract for the next three years together. Like that's how you save a lot of money at the position. I know the draft capital is a different thing, but if you're paying three tight ends that are all young, a combined, what would it be like $5 million a year? It's a pretty big advantage. And if you were able to use all those guys and use them in different roles, and now you can do two tight end stuff. You can do three tight end stuff and not really feel like we have a big drop off at tight end at all. I think it's pretty valuable. I think Ferguson could be a tight end one if he needed him to be, but I think it's a stretch of his abilities, right? I think I it's think, just a lower end version of a tight that's end right. one, right? And I think what you do now is that you make him a very high end tight end two. You love having T- Hendershot and, and, and Ferguson again as uh tight end uh, or just offensive weapons that you can deploy in yeah. different ways that, that still allows you to be creative and not try to ham fist them into a starters role. Mayer comes in and, I mean, Mayer may come in with his floor and be Dalton Schultz year one and then kind of get better from there, you know? So I I think that that sort of tight end production with those having three of those guys, one guy who can kind of do the role of all the tight end stuff that you actually need at at a high level. And then Ferguson and Hendershot can be deployed as needed as offensive weapons who play tight end. I think that's a good role for what you want in your tight ends. Uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I just feel like in a draft that doesn't have a lot of depth in the first round, right? I, I think you and I are going to have, I mean, we don't necessarily grade players, but like 12 to 14 first round graded players in this class. Getting a guy like Michael Mayer, a five-star recruit who is all-time productive at Notre Dame, feels like a pretty safe pick, even though it might not have the upside that we're used to seeing the Cowboys take in round one. But I know... Listen, I know at the end of the day, if that's who the Cowboys pick at number 26, I will be very, very happy. Yeah, I mean, I think if you wanted to look at it this way, uh, you know, the the Valley, the the talent level drops off from 15 to 20, I would say. And then there's just a plateau of talent from like, you know, let's say 16 in the draft all the way to the top of the third round, probably, right? It's just, I mean, that's just kind of how usually these drafts run, and especially this year. I think for the Cowboys to go out and get a guy who you like as a high floor player, like you feel like you're going to get good play out of this at minimum. Right. And and you hope that you can get more than that, but a guy who production wise will come in and be, you know, your third leading target grabber and, 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 and a reliable target on third downs and, and probably will be a red zone weapon. Yep. I mean, that's, that's, that's bottom of the round, bottom of the first round kind of pick all day, as far as I'm concerned. All right, uh, I want to just finish up by talking about Dane Brugler's mock because, again, he has been the most accurate mock drafter when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Nailed the Sam Williams pick last year. Even got some of their day three picks, right, including Jake Ferguson, who we yeah. mocked to the Cowboys in the fourth round. Mocked Matt Wolleska to the Cowboys uh, on day three last year. Let's take a look at the rest of his mock draft next. Thank you for making Locked on Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, Lynn and I are going to take a look at some day two and day three running backs. I know we've been teasing this for a while. It's going to happen tomorrow. Assuming we don't get any major breaking news, uh, we will be talking about that. But Landon, in this mock, the Cowboys did not draft the running back at all. In round two, they actually took linebacker Dayon Henley, uh, which we've talked about on the show. We don't need to spend a lot of time there. But what was interesting to me, 
are there here's some of the guys that they passed up on the mock uh cedric tillman wide receiver from tennessee Zach charbonnet went a couple picks after them julius brents a corner from kansas state tyreek stevenson went 62 to the eagles would it shock you if linebacker is the direction that the cowboys went in round two it would i mean i, I i'm gonna say that i i don't i guess i wouldn't be shocked but uh, I'd love to hear an explanation. I, I mean, just because I feel like it's a position that shouldn't be taking priority over several of the ones that you just mentioned that were available. If they like the player specifically so much that they had to go get him, I guess I understand that, but I'm still struggling at times to kind of look at some of these linebackers. We talked about it when we looked, talked a little bit about Drew Sanders yep. and, and, and some of these yep. other guys, Trent Simpson, Simpson, um, and I, I think that, you know, some of these guys that have a little bit of pass rush ability, uh, I could see a little bit, you know, why they have their interest here. I like I like this player. I mean, I haven't watched nearly as much as you have. Uh, I see a guy who, who is a incredible athlete as a position, awesome athlete, certainly yeah. that, um, and, and has the, the run and hit instincts that you need for to someone that can unlock that. I mean, I just to me, it feels like they should be targeting these types of players later in the draft because, yeah. I mean, if they're drafting this guy, like he's likely going to be playing mostly special teams this first year. It just feels like a, a too rich at this point, especially with what you. It's not like you're completely empty at the linebacker position. So you're I not. Guess, but but let me let me rephrase it this way. Yeah, you're starting linebackers both of them have had serious neck injuries and your other linebacker your third linebacker hasn't really ever played full-time in the nfl and jabril cox and has a serious knee injury maybe it's just hey we've got three linebackers that just haven't proven to stay healthy let's just grab a guy and we'll see yeah i feel like you could do that in the third or fourth round though i guess that's 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 my take you know right well and what's frustrating about this mock is that some of the guys that were drafted directly ahead of them, like uh, I like Jack Campbell a lot more than Henry. Yeah. Just, yeah. He goes three picks ahead of them. Uh, Steve Avila, who we think is a potential round one option, uh, goes six spots ahead of them to the Seahawks. Even somebody like John Michael Schmidt, who I think might be able to play guard in the NFL, goes one spot ahead of you to the Giants. I See, if it's me, I'm trading up. You know, like I, I, I don't, I, I, if you ask me honestly, and please tell the people who, who they took in the third round uh, in, in Dane's draw. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. So a little bit of a surprise, Anthony Bradford, a guard from LSU, uh, my guy, Tag Dell goes three picks ahead of them, but yeah, Anthony Bradford is somebody who we have not talked about in the show. Honestly has not been on the radar for most people. I know yeah. on the consensus board, he's like two eleven, something yeah. like that, but Again, I want to remember the source. Dane is very, very plugged in with the Cowboys. I got to believe that's somebody that we should maybe watch this week. And I got to say, for me, I would take that. I would rather have Steve Avila than those two players. Yes. In, in my and that's, opinion. And that, I would, and that 100%. I would trade my third round pick and go up and get the guard that I want. If, and if, and that's the point, right? Yeah. But I don't know if the Cowboys are interested in doing that. But, but do you I, that's trade? What I would do you do. trade two top one hundred picks for a guard? If I'm drafting a linebacker and a guard with my two top one hundred picks, <laughs> yes, yeah, I am. I, I I I tend to agree with you there. So yeah. 
Uh, a very, very interesting mock draft by Dane Brugge. I'm really curious to see if the rest of the national media kind of follows along and gives yeah. the Cowboys Michael Mayer at tight end or, or just a tight end because I could also see Dalton Kincaid getting a lot of sure. options or a lot of run for the Cowboys here at pick 26. But that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. And again, tomorrow we'll be back talking about uh, some running backs that we think could fit the Cowboys in the middle rounds instead of a guard from LSU that we haven't heard of yet. <laughs> uh, make sure you go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolVCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.